Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. Guys, let's stand. Welcome to our last worship set of the whole year. And guys, I don't want to leave anything behind. I don't have to wait for a new year to get closer to Jesus. So I believe that we have an opportunity here this morning that we don't normally have because we are all coming together for one unified service. So do not miss this opportunity. We are going to press into his presence. We're going to be fighting for our families, fighting for our marriages, fighting for whatever God has for us this morning. So can we all just jump on board? Let's all lift our hands. Let's let's talk to him. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for coming. We thank you for coming for us. You had us in mind from the start. And so God, because you first loved us, we want to love on you back. So we welcome you into this place this morning. We pray you grind up any distractions in Jesus' name. Just wake us up, God. We want to praise you. We want to love on you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
what this last few days have represented. Uh, Lord, I, I hope that you're pleased with our worship for you, Lord Jesus, because this is, you are the reason for th- this entire season, God. And we love you and we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to, to be able to worship you freely. We thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to look forward to a, a new year and what you have for us. Lord, you, you came that we would have a life and have it to an abundance. Lord, I pray that you would loose that abundance upon our church family. I pray, Lord God, that this next year would be a, the best year of our lives in so many ways. I pray, Jesus, that you would come in and, and you would intervene in things in our life right now, maybe that we're struggling with. 
Lord, that if we got health issues, that you would jump right into the middle of that and be the great healer. If we got financial issues, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would get right in the middle of that and be our great provider. Lord, we know that you will do all things for us and love us so much and want to do those things. We praise you for that. Who are we that we would have the God of the universe want to intervene on our behalf? Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit for meeting with us here this morning. We can come and just be filled with you and have a fresh, Lord, perspective on things. You're, you're, you're so good at that, Holy Spirit. You're so good at just entering into our lives and then giving us a new perspective on whatever we're facing. Thank you for that. Pray that you loose that upon us right now. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Isn't he good? God is so good to us. So good. Well, you guys can be seated. Thank you so much for coming out. This is our one unified service. Uh, last service that we'll be having here at Fellowship Church uh, for the year 2021. Can you believe that? Man, has time flied. So thank you so much for being a part of that. If you're a guest or a visitor, we'd love to have a record of you guys being here. If you're visiting with us in the auditorium, if you just swing by the information counter, you can fill out a visitor's card. We've got some free gifts for you. Uh, we'd love to bless you with and help, help you get better connected here at Fellowship. If you're watching from home, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'd also like to welcome you if you are a guest or a visitor. And the way that we can do that, whether you're, you can do that, of course, if you're live with us or in the, in the auditorium or live at home, uh, just text the word fellowship to 94,000. And when you do that, you're going to be getting a link that will get you some more information here at the church. We're going to be having a guest reception pretty quick. Love to invite you for that. Well, guys, uh, it is time to continue to worship him now with the giving his highs and offerings. I know that for many of you, you're business owners and you would like to get your taxable donations in before the end of the year. You can do that as long as you do it before midnight on the 31st. Uh, and the great thing about the Church Center app is that you can do that from home. So just know that there are different ways that you can give here at Fellowship. Uh, easy. You can just use your smartphone. You can use your computer. Or of course, you can drop stuff in the mail. Just make sure that we receive that uh, before the 31st if you're wanting to get that on your 2021 uh, tax um, uh, giving records. Well, guys, God is good. And let's just thank him for that and how he's blessed us financially. Lord, we love you. And man, you've taken care of us. You always do. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our finances. Thank you for being that great provider. And I pray, Lord, for anyone in this room that is struggling financially, that she would intervene into their life. I pray, Lord, that you would come in and you'd be the great accountant for them, the great manager, the great shepherd for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would do that for all of us. And Lord, we know that as we stay faithful to you, you've always stayed faithful to us. So we give to you, Lord, and we give to you with a cheerful heart. And we pray, Lord, that everything that would come in would be sufficient for your church's needs. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you as you give. Guys, we're really excited about what's coming up here in January. Uh, some new series uh, that we're going to be starting. In fact, I think for, as a resolution, uh, whether you're watching from home or you're here with us live uh, for the new years, let's start off the year worshiping God. So for the first Sunday of, of, of the new year that we're all here together, uh, if you're watching from home, we'd love to have you here live with us. But we've got some really exciting series planned. Uh, I think uh, you guys, for those of you who were with us, Chris, Christmas Eve. Uh, you heard about some of those. Uh, really, really pumped about this personality series that's coming up uh, that's just going to really help you understand yourself, understand who you're married to, understand your kids. Your kids have personalities. You know that? Yeah. 
they do. And so uh, a lot of times we want to change our kids' personality. We want to change our, our spouse's personality, but God made them that way. So what we want to do is just stay really close to the Holy Spirit and the good stuff in our personality comes out and not the crazy stuff because we all have the, the crazy stuff. We all have it. We all have it. And then uh, towards the end of the month, I get to uh, do a series on end times and I'm super, super pumped about that. I know a lot of you guys have taken signs before. Uh, we've, I've taught that like three times here at Fellowship and it is amazing that every time I teach it, all the crazy stuff that's happened since the last time I taught it. But this is going to be a whole new uh, series, a whole new, all new material. Really, really excited about that. I'm going to also do a marriage series uh, coming up in February around Valentine's Day. So that's something that we're really, really excited about too. So make sure you guys are making a commitment to be with us here on the weekend. Uh, it changes you. God changes you when you can worship corporately and you can come together and be a part of the body uh, of Christ. So make sure you make plans uh, to do that. And then here's a few more things that are happening coming up here uh, in just a few weeks. With a brand new year, we have brand new things on the calendar. The first one is our guest reception. The guest reception is a great way for any visitors or guests to meet some staff, take a tour, ask some questions, or just learn about the many opportunities we have here at Fellowship Church to serve or get connected. The guest reception is going to be on January 16th. It's a free event. happens in between services where we give you breakfast. So if you want to sign up, register on the Church Center app or stop by the Info Center today. Something we are really excited to announce is Rooted is starting up again on January 30th. Rooted is a great way to connect with other people in the same age and stage of life as well as connect with God and learn what His purpose is for your life. Rooted is a small group setting as well as a way that you can go through a curriculum that's about 10 weeks long. You get to learn more about who God is, about who you are. There's a spiritual warfare week. It's really, really awesome curriculum. And for those of you that have been through Rooted already, you know how awesome it is. We've had so many life group launch out of Rooted Groups that continue to do life together, continue to fight for one another, pray for one another, and just live life. So if this is something that interests you, the cost is $25. You can register on the Church Center app and invite any friends you might want to take this course with. It's an awesome opportunity. We hope to see you there. Whether you're online with us or you're attending in person, thank you for spending this Sunday and this united service with us. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Why can't a person just get happy and stay happy? Why do we have to go out of one good season into a bad one? Why is it when we're in a good season, we hit challenges, and some of the times we handle those challenges wonderfully with a good attitude, and then other times those challenges just knock us down. We don't handle them very well. Why is it that we can be filled with joy in certain times of our life And then we go through something, and that joy disappears. The Bible says that God is the giver of all good things, so any good things that are happening in our life, well, we know they're coming from the very hand of a loving Heavenly Father, and we know that Satan, the Grinch of our lives, is all about stealing from us, killing joy, and robbing us from the things God wants us to have. There's this whole battle going on in the spiritual realm. We get caught in the middle. Well, why are we caught in the middle? Doesn't it sound to me like this is more of an issue with God and Satan 
and you're just kind of in, you're just kind of there. And what kind of role should we play in it anyway? Can't we just sit back and watch it like it's a tennis match? Why are we even on the court? Well, let's take a look at it. Then the wise men were gone and the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt. Now, Father, you gave me the good times. The enemy's trying to take the bad times. This sounds like a problem or an issue between you and him. Why don't you just let me sleep? Why do I have to be involved in this? Why don't you just bring back the good season into my life? You handle it with Satan. Get back everything he took from me and let me just watch and cheer you on as you are active in my life. And God said, okay, I'm going to give divine intervention from time to time. I'm going to come into your life and you're going to sit back and you're going to watch me give you things and open doors and opportunities that you did not deserve, didn't see coming. But there are other times where I'm only going to give you instructions And if you do what I say, you'll get back what you lost. And if you don't, you won't. I'm here to make it happen, but the instructions have to be followed clearly. Well, that's what was given to Joseph in Matthew chapter two, simple instructions, get up, wake up, stop sleeping, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, stay there, get up, go away, stay and return when I tell you to. Get up, go away, (laughs) stay until I tell you to come back. Get up, stop sleepwalking, go, stay until I tell you it's okay uh, to return. Stay there because Herod is going to kill the child. And that night Joseph left for Egypt. He did exactly what he was instructed to do with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod was dead. Joseph protected Jesus, the giver of great joy, by following divine instructions. And it is in this story, church family, that the wise men show us one thing to do, and Joseph shows us two things that we are to do in this divine instruction that's given to us today to be able to get back and keep the joy uh, that the enemy takes away in our Life. If you're going to protect your joy, and listen, everyone has to protect their own joy. No one else is responsible for you being happy. And no one else is responsible for you staying happy. It is you that is a steward over your own emotional, emotional condition. Here is what the Bible tells us to do. Here is the action plan by your heavenly father in this little tennis match that you're in the center of court with, this is what he says to do. Number one, he says we must pursue God's presence. If we are going, now here we see this in the life of the wise men. The wise men heard that Jesus uh, was born uh, and they themselves took the initiative. Nobody had to twist their arm. Nobody had to tell them to do it. The wise man convinced that Jesus had the answer for the things they needed in life, saw the importance of it, and they went. They took the initiative to put themselves in the very presence of the child, the son of God. And the reason they did this is because they understood and they knew what Psalm 16 and verse 11 says. You will show me the path of life, talking about God, in your presence, God's presence, is the fullness of joy. 
So if I want to be happy to the level of overflowing, if I want to experience joy through all different types of seasons of life and challenges that we face, I am going to have to keep myself pursuing God's presence because it is there where we will find great joy. Where do we get joy? We get it by being in the presence of Jesus. Where do we go when we lose that joy? We go right back to the very presence of Jesus. I had it, I lost it, what am I gonna do about it? I'm going to get back as close to God as I possibly can. Because the Bible teaches us that in the presence of God, in his presence, that has the ability to change our emotional condition. So therefore, it is almost impossible for a person to protect their joy in this life without developing, now get this, the spiritual discipline of worship. You say, well, what is a spiritual discipline? A spiritual discipline is a spiritual exercise that all of us do to get spiritually stronger in our life. There are spiritual disciplines like uh, reading the scripture. Prayer is another spiritual discipline. And worship, not just singing songs, but singing songs to your heavenly Father is also a spiritual discipline. Worship is not something that we do because we here at Fellowship Church enjoy energetic uh, church services. Worship isn't something we do by gathering up professional uh, musicians and also getting uh, 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 praise teams at work and practice. They, they are always told, listen, they're not up here singing to you. They are up here singing to their heavenly father's songs and in doing so, giving you a visual encouragement to join them in singing songs to our heavenly father. We don't worship God in our church service because we are hyper-emotional or because we are uneducated. I don't worship because I'm ignorant. I worship because I'm informed. When other people say that what's happening in our life is a coincidence, I know the Bible calls those things they say are coincidences. I know the Bible calls those things favor from God in my life. When other people want to call what's happening as being in luck or, be, or just calling it luck, I know what the Bible simply calls that blessings from the very hand of the Almighty God who I happen to be singing to right now. Worship, it means to express worth. It does not mean to feel gratitude. It's possible that you feel something that you never express. Worship is the expression of God's worth in your life. That's what we do when we come out on a Sunday morning. We're coming here to the house of God, and the house of God, listen, is God's designated place of meeting. God has always had a designated place of corporate meeting for his people. And he has always set aside a place where you and I were to come together so that we might worship him as a family. Come together and encourage one another. And people say, well, can't you just worship God everywhere? Yeah, you can. You can worship God everywhere and you should worship God everywhere. But God has always had a designated gathering place for his people to worship him, express their worth of him corporately. Well, pastor, you know, I, I think I can worship God on the golf course. No, you can't. I've been on the golf course with a lot of you people. I never saw you worshiping God on the golf course. I heard a lot of words come out of your mouth. 
None of them sound like singing to your heavenly father. You can't worship God on the golf course any more than you can play golf in the church house. You can't do it. So therefore, God said, I want you to set aside time every week. I want you to come to my house. I want you to come with your brothers and sisters in Christ, and I want you to worship me. Now, for people that kind of are a little less demonstrative, a little less outgoing, they might say, well, I just don't have the personality of those that I see on the platform or some people that are standing around me or are, are seated in this house with me. Well, there is no one way in which you worship God. Worshiping God is not about you seeing what somebody else is doing and trying to mimic that. That would be religious conditioning. What God is not looking for are, the, are lips from a, a child of God, lip service. What God is looking for is the heart of that worshiper. So with you and your own personality and the way that God made you. Listen, my mother was a very reserved accountant her entire life. I mean, for her to be an, an extrovert meant that she was staring at your shoes when she was talking rather than staring at her own. She was not an outgoing person at all. And she would never match Julie's energy on the platform in her chair. It's not gonna happen. She'd have had a heart attack when she was here alive, tried to do something like that. It is not about you looking and trying to compare yourself to what somebody else is doing or not doing. It is about you bringing your heart of worshiping God, not just singing songs, but watch this, singing songs to him. Because God said this, if you want him to get close to you, you gotta get close to him. That's James chapter four, verse eight. Come close to God, the Bible says, and God will come close to you. Now you say, well, I thought that God was everywhere. Well, he is. That's why the Bible, what the Bible calls the omnipresence of God. Meaning that the, the, the psalmist said, if I, if I go down to the depths of hell, you know where I'm at. You, you can reach me there. Well, the Bible also talks about the manifest presence of God. Let me explain that. You can, you're in the presence of God, but is his presence doing anything at all in your life? Or you can be in, stay with me, the manifest presence of God and you can't help him from improving areas in your life. How many of y'all had some people in the last couple of days in your home or you went to some of your relatives' homes? Would you raise your hand? Okay then is it possible to be, have somebody in your house and them not be in your presence? Is it possible that you're in someone's home but you're not fully in their presence? They could be in another room. Grandpa can be in the kitchen. You can be in the living room. Now, wait a minute. You're in the same house but you're not experiencing their presence. Matter of fact, if grandpa's sitting in there with a big old check in his lap wanting to give it to you, until you are in his presence for him to give that to you, it doesn't matter that you're in the house. That's what God's kids do almost every Sunday. Many of God's kids come out to the house of God. Some people leave here radically changed because they experienced the very manifest presence of the one whose house this is. And other people come and go and they miss it completely. You don't experience what someone has to give, even in your home, until they come into that same room. 
And when they come into that same room, now you benefit from their personality. Now you benefit and laugh with their humor. Now you're all of a sudden, your character is being altered and changed because of the character of that other individual. And the only way for that to happen is to say, Grandpa, come on in here. And he says, wait a minute, my, my grandson's calling. Or wait a minute, my, my husband is calling. Wait a second, my wife wants me. I need, oh, y'all hold on a minute. I'm being called into the other room. You see, when I come out to the house of God and I begin to sing, what am I doing? I am calling on the name of my heavenly father. I know he's here working in other people's lives, but I want him to work in my life. And until I call him, I can be in his presence, but I am not in his manifest presence until I express worship and worth to him. And when I do, he comes and brings joy back into my soul. That's why when I come to the house of God, sometimes I have to say, excuse me, it's been a rough week. My emotions have been beat up pretty good this week. So I'm just gonna call on my heavenly father. I'm gonna sing love songs to him. I'm gonna tell him how, how much he is worth to me, how I value him. And in doing so, the Bible says, when we are in his manifest presence, he brings with him joy and our emotional countenance has to change. You say, well, pastor, I've been in church services all my life. I don't, they don't, they don't affect me like that because church services are not supposed to affect you like that. It is his presence and his presence only. As a child of God, calling out to your heavenly father like he's in another room but still in the house to say, I need to spend time with you. And when you do that, a church service all of a sudden turns into a life transformation service for you. That's what we're going for. We're not going for better church service. We're going for life change. We're not going for better church services, we're going for a refueling station so what you and I can be the person going forward that God would have us to be. And no, you're not gonna keep it long. That's why we come back every seven days to pour into our Heavenly Father again, to have Him pour back into us. This is a refueling station for us. We don't call it an auditorium or a sanctuary, we call this room a worship center because what goes on in here is personal worship to our Heavenly Father from children who know how important he is into our life. <laughs> Man, when I come into his house and I begin to sing to him, that's when God says, come close to me and I will come close to you. That's me making my move. You say, Hooper, what are you doing? I'm making a move right now. Excuse me. I don't want to step on your toe, but I got to make a move because it's not until I make my move. <laughs> that my heavenly father is gonna make his. That's divine instruction. That's him doing that with us, not doing that for us. Oh, whoo. Here's the second one. Not only do you pursue his presence, I'm talking about getting your joy back, keeping it when it's gone, going and getting it back again. You've gotta handle your Herods. This is what we see from Joseph. You have to handle your Herods. Herods represent individuals or issues that have the potential of assassinating your joy. You have them and I have them. I wish I would have asked you all on Christmas Eve if you would have just to have put in your mind two or three things that the devil uses, the enemy uses to rob you of joy. Because historically, if there's certain things, issues, or people 
that take your joy from you. The devil's really doesn't come up with any new tricks. Well, he's using on you and using on me. He normally just comes back to that same MO of doing the very same thing. So if you can identify, wait a minute, it's these things that seem to be taking my joy from me. Or it's these people that seem to be taking my joy. I wish you'd have been able to do that because they're always, it's always either gonna be issues or individuals that will rob you uh, of your joy. And, and, and what the enemy says, well, let me just give you a few. The, the issues we might face might be personal time management. You just, your schedule's crazy, you're running nuts, and you haven't fixed that. An overwhelming schedule. Can't say no to anybody. Trying to please everybody. Be, be everything to everyone. You're overcommitted. Issues. Destroy those issues so that they don't destroy you. Sit down. Talk about it. Look at it. Get somebody to help you and say, these things aren't going to follow me in this new year. Here's another one. Sometimes Herods are individuals. They're people. Watch this for a moment. Herod wanted to, to destroy Jesus. Now, you would think that if God was going to snuff out the life of any individual on this planet, it would be the one who was set out to destroy or kill his son in an infant form. You get that plan on your agenda, put that up on the strategy board, and I would think probably you're going to hit, hit by lightning and you're not going to make it very long. But... God did not destroy Herod. God did not tell Joseph to destroy Herod. What God told Joseph to do was put room or distance between you and Herod. Hang on a minute. Hang on. That doesn't even sound Christian. I thought if we had somebody who's getting on our nerves and bugging us, the best thing we could do is just extend grace to them. We're supposed to love people, love them with great value. Yeah, that's true. But loving somebody doesn't speak of a physical position that you have to have with that individual. Loving them does not mean that you have to subject yourself to be hostage to their destructive behavior that's going to roll over on you. Loving them does not mean that you have to stay in the same room or even the same city with them. Loving them does not even mean you have to stay in the house, same house with them. Loving them means loving them. And it has nothing to do with your physical position with that person. God did not tell Joseph, kill him. God told Joseph, put some distance in between you and them. So let, let me share something with you you may or you may not receive. Because this don't sound very nice. But some of you would be so much happier if you would identify who these joy-destroying people in your life are and put distance between you and them. I mean, that was good enough for at least two or three golf claps. Don't you think? I, can I not even get a golf clap? No, no, I know it's a hard state. I know it's a hard point. I get that. But... They are the individuals that the enemy's using, the Grinch, Satan, to rob you. And they, they, they have for a very long time. And so you don't want them to kill you. You don't want to think about killing them. Move away. For a Does that mean I'm going to end it with them? No. Stay law, uh, gone as long as it needs for, watch this, the threat of them robbing you of your joy dies down. <laughs> Woo. 
And I bet you're glad you came this morning now, aren't you? Got up, got your little waffle, came on into church. Those are sitting home eating pancake, getting syrup all over your pajamas and watching. I bet you're glad you tuned in. Because God is not wanting you to keep your life miserable by staying with people who make your life miserable. Put some distance there. Put some distance there. The Bible says this, and this is interesting. Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible, you know what that means? Sometimes moms and dads, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, people. Sometimes it's not possible. I got a job that makes me miserable. Okay, have you tried? Yeah, you tried more? Yeah, you prayed more? Yeah, you've done everything you can do? Yeah. Sometimes it just isn't possible. So as much as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Some people do not protect their joy because they do not handle their Herods. And sometimes the proper management of your Herods involves placing some distance between you and them until that threat changes. Not forever, just till it changes. Here's a little side note, and I don't know who this is for. Notice that when Joseph left, his exit was not announced. Notice he left at night when people were sleeping, and he didn't tell them he was going anywhere. He just, he just ended it. He just went to another place. He just stayed away for a period of time. And he didn't talk about it. He didn't strategize for it. He just followed the leading of the Lord and did it. Here's the last one. Escape to your Egypt. Oh, my goodness. Not only pursue his presence, which is most important. We do that for the rest of our life. We got to handle our hairs from time to time as they come up. These personal issues, these personality issues that are in me. I'm the one that's making me not happy. It's a, it's a goofy things I do and the things I decide. So, hey, you got to handle those. People I let get close to me and stay close to me. Hey, I'm going to confront them. I'm going to make that hat stop and then escape to your Egypt. Egypt represents a place of refuge, of safety, of refueling, of renewal, and of replenishment. Egypt represents replenishment discipline. Oh, man. What replenishes you? Where do you go? My good buddy, Phil Ganser, a few months back before he went to heaven, told me he loved to go out on his back porch and just look out over a field, a little creek back there behind his house. And he said, man, when I go back here, I just feel the presence of God, and I get so filled up, fought with cancer, and finally went home to be with the Lord. But man, if I asked Phil, he'd say, my back porch, that's my Egypt. It doesn't have to be going away for months or even weeks. Sometimes it's just an hour or two in the middle of the day. Well, I don't want to neglect being a parent. Sometimes the best things you could do for your kids is to get away from your kids. At least long enough to get back in you everything those little rugrats took from you this last week. You get tired, you get worn out, you're not the mom or dad you used to be, you're not patient like you used to, just get away for a little bit and replenish, refuel, escape to your Egypt. In this world, this world is overworked, it is, we are hyper-connected, we are in an overachieving culture, and all that takes things out of us. And the only way you can get all those things back is just to escape for a period of time. Here's a great point in the Bible. God taught the children of Israel. No, exactly, his Hebrew children. He taught them. He said, this is how I want you to work the ground. As farmers, I want you to work it for six years and then let the ground rest. 
In other words, he said, this is going to be a complete year where you do nothing. You don't kill that ground. You don't till that ground. You don't work that ground. And in the sixth year, if you work really hard, I'm going to give you a double harvest in the sixth year. So that when the seventh year rolls around, you will let the ground rest. God knew that even the ground needed time to replenish. And so do you. And so do I. We're approaching a brand new year, and in approaching that brand new year, your escapes to Egypt will not happen if you don't schedule them to happen. You must be aggressive to make them happen, or everything else will jump in and take its place. But just to get away, to go away. Some of you, it has been so long since you had a romantic weekend. Some of you, it's been so long since you yourself just went fishing or went up in the mountains or just read a book up by a lake. Some of you, it's been too long between the times where you just rest, and, and it's more than just taking a nap, because you can take a nap. Have you ever been so tired that, that, that sleep doesn't help you? Because you had not been replenished. And some people might say, oh, pastor, you know, that taking a break and replenishing and going to your region may work for you as a pastor, but oh, I'm a business owner. I got a lot of responsibilities. People count on me. My schedule's crazy. It just doesn't work for me. I love the story I heard about a Christian business owner who never took a day off. He um, was go, he'd go to church, but then he'd talk even when he was at church. I had to go to work, got to get out of here, got to go to work. And finally, one of the older church ladies in the church asked him, says, why don't you ever take a day off? And he said, the devil doesn't take a day off. And she said, why are you using the devil as your role model? <laughs> Look on the side screen. If you don't learn the power of a break, you're going to end up broken. Some of you are so connected and so loved and so depended on that if you crumble, there's going to be a lot of people around you crumble. And I love you enough to tell you, I learned this late in my life. If you don't take a break, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of them. So, dear brothers and sisters, here is your action plan. Pursue his presence. Tuck in and sing to him. Don't you sing. Watch what happens. Handle your Herods this year. Issues. We'll deal with them with you. We'll point at ourselves. And individuals that are in your life, you need some distance from. Do that. And then escape to your Egypt. Discover where that place would be. And watch you come back a better mother, a better father, a better friend, a better son, a better daughter, a better child of God. And watch God give you back your joy. You'll start to lose it again. Do the same three things. And you'll get it back. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.